Welcome to this Off the Cuff at the Network Collective, where we meld with the finest minds in networking. In this special Off the Cuff, we are talking about Microsoft purchasing GitHub. So sit back, grab a drink, and join us for this special episode of the Network Collective. All right, tonight we have Donald Sharp sitting over on my left. So if I look this way, I'm looking at Donald. And we have Alistair, and we have Yvonne, who has joined us from her car. <laughs> Where'd I go? It's all right. She's dedicated. It's a, it's Committed. A car, it's a mobile workspace. Exactly. exactly. More than you know. Living space. It could be a mobile living space over here in the Bay Area. Yeah. It could be. <laughs> it's not. I will sleep in a bed tonight. I promise. <laughs> so, so... Um, we have a few notes written up. I guess we'll just start with Alistair. I mean, what do you think, Alistair? What's going on with this whole Microsoft buying GitHub thing? I mean, there's been big threads on Reddit and people whining and complaining. But, I mean, is there a big deal going on here? Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's uh, oh. uh, so probably a... Done, we can drop him off. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're done, right? So, no, I mean, I think there'll be a lot of there will be a lot of opinions on the topic because that there are a lot of people who have uh, opinions about Microsoft, right? And I used to be one of them, you know, back in last <laughs> century, I used to think that they were the evil empire, but they've been overtaken by other evil empires. So <laughs> I, I, I don't think they can, you know, I don't think they can have monopoly. They don't have a monopoly on evil empire dumb at the moment. And I don't think they can afford to mess it up. So I so think they'll be very yeah, so light touch. Uh, so I, what's interesting is, is that, of course, Donald and, and Alistair and I at least are deeply involved in the free range routing project, which lives on GitHub, basically. So there's actually like a personal stake here in that particular project. And there's others. Lightning is out there. I'm not Lightning worried about and, and other those that are out there that uh, are in this. So sorry. Sorry. So why do you think it's a nothing burger? Alistair, I mean, you said because they're no longer... Well, well I, th I think, so, so um, the underlying technology, Git is replicable, right? I mean, there are other people using that. And if Microsoft really does mess around with a community, people will leave in droves and set something else up, right? I mean, this is the one community that you, that can respond very aggressively if they feel like they're being, you know, lent on, they'll just go set something else up. I mean, you'd see an infinite, infinite recursion of copycat GitHubs uh, by, you know, half the developer community on GitHub if they felt they were being, you know, nickeled and dimed. So I, I don't believe that Microsoft can afford to, to screw this up. So I'm guessing that they won't. Well, I mean, it will be painful if we have to, or forced to move, but it's going to be like one of those, a month of pain as opposed right. to a year of pain. A year of pain. Or if they do, like Donald, you were talking about earlier, you said you were wondering if maybe this was something to do integration of the developer experience. Well, so I, mean, I guess there could be some concern that... Well, I think Microsoft wants to completely make the GitHub experience part of their Visual Studio experience, right? So, so I, I don't even have to do get clone and pull it down anymore. I just pointed out a project and it just handles it and pulls all the code for me automatically and everything's all set up and it knows the continuous integration is all set up for me. Testing is automatically handled for me. All I have to do is just program. And, and I think there's a, lot of, there's a lot of power in that. 
Um, but that's really only for, for code and bases that Visual, Visual Studio users will have. I didn't say that right, but you know, people who use Visual Studio will really see this. And, yeah. and, and where Microsoft, I think, is going to make money is the, the extensions. Like if you go to the GitHub Marketplace and look at what they have there, is they, they have all these extra, extra features that you can pay extra money for. And that's, that's the real value at proposition for Microsoft. So, so it becomes a premium service. Yeah. Sorry. But it already is a premium service, right? Yeah. Yeah. But more so. Hey, yeah. Do you think part of it is to drive developers further into the ecosystem and especially into Azure? Because what I've seen in our, in the enterprise is that uh, there are lots of Azure development projects going on. Um, and those are really, really sticky. You know, if you build applications to run on Azure platform, it's going to be difficult to move those somewhere else. So I wonder if that's also a, a component of this. I wouldn't say Azure. I would say Microsoft platform. Oh, okay. Yeah. But Microsoft's cloud platform. Everything that I can do to make the developer's life easier is more likely to make him or her use that product. And that will drive not only developer tool spend, but it will drive all of infrastructure spend, right? So, so now from a Microsoft perspective, you have an entire environment from, from Microsoft Visual Studio all the way to Azure through GitHub to do everything that you would want to do with an open source or even an internal, like if you paid for GitHub repository, you could have a private repository that would give you full development lifecycle of everything within a completely Microsoft environment. And oh, by the way, you can use it with other things, but there is that kind of you know, thing out there. So, and yeah, and it, it feels like Microsoft is, is doing something kind of unique and that is playing a long game, um, which I think will likely pay off for them. I mean, I think there, there's probably like a 10 year um, tail to this thing that they're, that they're doing now with yeah. their cloud work and with uh, reaching out to developers. I, you know, I think it's pretty, pretty smart business for them. Yeah. So, so, and, you know, Alistair, you said something about this when you said the value is associated with the network effect of connecting the users, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, in the notes, you said something about that. So, well, like, I, so this isn't the first time Microsoft's bought a connected group of people, right? So depending on how you, how you classify Skype, um, which I think is probably, you know, weekly um, connected from, from, but you still have a, you know, the, interaction of users and who talks to whom uh, underneath that and the metadata um, to Minecraft, which of course is heavily involved with, um, you know, people doing stuff. And, and let's not forget, Minecraft is also a, you know, a programming language for kids, right? So this is yeah. something that, that uh, kids still play. And uh, to the best of my knowledge, uh, none of my relatives have dropped uh, their playing with the game just because Microsoft took over it doesn't seem to have, you know, they haven't messed with it. So, so I can promise my eight-year-old doesn't care who owns Minecraft. Yeah. Right. But they, <laughs> but my point is they haven't messed it up, right? That's right. Yeah. They That's haven't right. messed it up. And, and I think, you know, one of my other proof points for that is that um, Microsoft Flight Simulator would be a great example of a product which they listened. The, the guys who do Microsoft Flight Simulator focus very clearly on that user group. They haven't messed that product up. You know, they've had it for what the last 15 years longer. 
More you know, it was rumored to be going bye-bye at some point, but they kept it alive and the people who use it are very, very loyal, right? So Microsoft does know how to not mess things up if they want to. Right. There um, are counterexamples, but yes, they know how to do it. Yeah. Wonderlist to Microsoft to do. Everybody's really worried about that going on, but whatever. Yeah. And, and so they acquired yeah. Linksys as well, which is also a network. And oh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Uh, sorry, LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a social network. Yeah. Well, well, as, as is GitHub. Yes, that's correct. GitHub is, is a social network. So maybe that's a common theme. They're buying social networks more than yes. they are buying technologies. That's an interesting spin on it as well. Yeah. So I don't know. Yvonne has a frown on her face. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, don't overanalyze the face. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So one thing that I didn't see a lot of, and I'll back up and say, you know, I don't think I'm with Alistair on the open source thing. Okay. Microsoft is not really the big bad boy of the open source world anymore. That's trying to crush open source. I mean, like um, John Masters, who's Red Hat's chief arm architect. I saw him write, wrote this on, he wrote this on Google plus. If you're needlessly hitting on Microsoft for buying GitHub, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but the world has changed. It's time to move forward and to, with life and accept that in 2018, Microsoft isn't the great Satan out to destroy all open source. And, you know, I kind of have some personal experience with this. Microsoft is doing a lot with Sonic, for instance, and with, uh, and with free range routing now that they are participating. And I think, Donald, you said they're a huge user of GitHub, right? I mean, their internal use of GitHub is huge. Yeah, they actually have probably one of the biggest deployments of source code. Their entire Windows development is all on GitHub, and they, is all uh, on GitHub. yeah, and they're actually one of the bigger. Uh, they they are one of the bigger developers for GitHub, um, and for and, GitHub itself, yeah. yeah, and for Git itself as well. They've added some major changes to do like there's a, a Git virtual file system, which allows you to cool down the Git objects on demand as opposed to having them all at once, which can be can save you quite a bit of time for for stuff you're not touching. That's kind of cool. That's neat. Yeah. See, I didn't realize Microsoft spent that much time on Git and Git itself, you know, is, is something that they mess with. So another thing that, that could be a concern, I don't see a lot of concern in the community about it, but it's something that occurred to me is we have Google code and now we have Microsoft GitHub. So you know that Google was trying to buy GitHub too. Yeah, oh, okay. I saw that. Yeah, so they, they didn't, I mean, Microsoft uh, basically outbid everyone by an order, not an order of magnitude, but by several billion dollars. It was uh, Google, um, Atlassian was talking to them as well. And it was one other company, which I can't remember now, but uh, there was other people looking to buy it as well. So, so it seems like GitHub was on the market to be bought. There was something going on at GitHub that it wasn't going to stand alone anyway, what, whatever was going to happen. I think their run rate was probably a little too too high they had to be bought okay well well I, it's more of it so uh, andreessen invested in them when they were and and they had a price of about two billion after that transaction so to a certain extent the the vcs after that uh, would not want to see a down round right so that sort of sets the um the pricing there and you know to the question as to why would anybody take microsoft stock at the moment if you look at this from a 
um, you know, Andreessen or anybody else's perspective, it was in there earlier, right? You've got either a, you know, a threefold uplift on your money um, and you've got a stock that's paying dividends at the moment and it's probably going to raise them. Um, so you've got yourself in at a very cheap um, pricing for some dividends for the next couple of years as you, you know, decide whether you're going to cash out. So I, I would have perfectly accepted this as a, you know, stock only transaction. No, no reason, no need to take money on this. It, well, it's actually interesting too, because it kind of points out what you're saying a little bit is, is it also points out something people don't understand about the VC world and about financially in the VC world is when you start a v, when you start a company and you get VCs to invest, it's not always up to you when you sell. Right. Right. Correct. Yeah, they, yeah, the, yeah, I'm sure this was, uh, I'm sure there were people with opinions that they wanted an exit. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm sure there were people inside the company saying, no, 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 we can stand alone. We, we have enough, we have enough oomph to stand alone. And the VCs, the backers were saying, no, 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 we want our money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's time to catch out. Yeah. 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 Or, or give us our stock dividends and then we'll cash out. So, yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah, so there's there's more of that than people realize that go on behind, and that happens to a lot of companies. Actually, I've heard that happen to a lot of startups. Um, I know that was part of the story with a couple of companies that Cisco bought because I was at Cisco when they were there, mm -hmm. and you know that it just came down to the point where sure the company could have survived probably on its own, but the but the investors were like, it's going to take me 30 years to get my investment back out. I'm not waiting 30 years. Go sell yourself. Somebody right, and and I think the 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 other macroscopic thing that would probably make this more attractive as well as the fact that the because of the tax reforms, Microsoft had huge amounts of money offshore um, uh, in the yeah. EU in you know federal debt, which we, they can now repatriate. So they're sitting on a huge amount of cash that they want to go do something with. And um, nothing better, I think, for the, for the VCs that they get uh, dividend payments, which are going to be guaranteed by that cash brought back. So yeah. it sort of all makes a bunch of sense as yeah, far they, as the financial markets are concerned. They actually called out in the slide deck they put out that they were going to um, get it paid off in six months through the buyback program, the, the stock buyback program is what they're thinking. Oh, wow. Instead of, you know, all that money they've got sitting off on accounts, they're going to start buying back and a little bit more aggressively, is what it looks like. Right, which will, goose, which will goose the stock price even higher. So yet another reason to take stock as opposed to cash on this transaction, because it can probably get levered up by 10 to 20% as far as the VCs are concerned. Uh, so what you're saying, Donald, is I shouldn't sell my Microsoft stock. That's if you have saying. some, I wouldn't sell it right now. Yeah, I wouldn't sell it right now either. <laughs> Especially considering probably the nice dividend you're getting on a quarterly basis, right? So yeah, it's it's that's pretty interesting. So yeah, so going back to my the the thing I was saying though is I'm uh, is there any concern in the community that we're going to have like the Google open source world and the Microsoft open source world and the blah 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 open source world and that the open source world itself might fragment based on um, these repositories being bought. Any thoughts I, in that area? I, I, I don't think it matters where my repository is. Okay. I just need a place that I, a, a public place that I can put it that other developers yeah. who are working with me can get at it. That's all I need. Okay. And, and the continuous integration, you know, integration that we have and the, the notifications, that's really nice. But if I lose it, I'll live. Right. Okay. 
And then, Donald, you said something about the, the, the stock price. GitHub bringing them $300 million, $7.5 billion in stock. Yeah, I, I mean, Alice, is that reasonable? I don't know. I'm asking because I'm not a business person. <laughs> and Alistair is the closest thing we have to a suit, by the way. That's <laughs> yeah, on, on a good day. <laughs> well, isn't, isn't that like 25 times, 300 million times 25 is something like seven and a half billion. So that's, so it's like a 25 PE basically is what they're being bought at. Right. Which is rich, but um, not too crazy given the sort of uh, network social effect media type of things. So, it, yeah, silly money, but not too silly. Okay, interesting. So, do you think? So, do you think this this is going to pan out for them, Alistair? Do you think this idea of buying social networks is because I mean, obviously, you know, one of the competitors of Microsoft. People don't understand they're real competitors. You know. I've, I've had this discussion with companies and they think, you know, you work for a chemical company and they say, oh, my competitor's this other chemical company. I'm like, no, that's not really your competitor. Okay, let's be realistic. You know, your competitor is somebody else and they don't understand that connection. Um, but in the same way, I mean, obviously for Microsoft, the real competitors are people like Google and Facebook, right? I mean, that seems to be pretty obvious, even though people might think that Apple is a competitor, but I think that Google and Facebook are probably like uh, AWS is more of a competitor than Apple. Well, Microsoft. on the cloud side, but on the product yeah. side, right? I mean, Outlook only add, adds value now not as a, not as a mail user agent, not as a not as a mail program, but as a social connector. Well, reality. well, if you if you riff on the idea that that was that we discussed earlier on about the fact that this is. So if you look at the, you know, hardcore C programmers and other folks, right, they can get by with the, the way that GitHub works at the moment. Uh, but there's that huge tail of enterprise customers who, you know, doing Java stuff or .NET stuff or whatever it is, that Donald's identified that if you could do a better job of tooling uh, for those folks and make it easier for them, um, they could sort of stay in that Microsoft orbit quite happily, right? And we discussed the, the sort of stickiness of Azure, but one of the reasons that it's been hugely successful as a cloud system and, you know, probably beating Google in terms of, um, you know, usage and second only to AWS is because of all the legacy apps that have been taken from NT and Windows, and it's just easier to run them on Azure than it is to yeah. run them, say, on AWS or the Google Cloud. So right. I think you can sort of see a, a, an area where they could even, if they put AI behind this, start connecting projects together and hint to enterprises that are doing something, well, actually, you need somebody with these skills, and is the uh, LinkedIn uh, guy who can go and hire that person for you. Right. If you want to get really, you know, Machiavellian about how you would make yeah. this work for an enterprise solution, you could tie this up quite nicely. Uh, that might creep a whole bunch of people out, but you've got an interesting set of tools to go do that. So it's interesting that you said that you bring up the AI thing because that's what's happening to Wonderlist, right? Wonderlist was a pretty good task manager. It competed with the Todoist. It competed with several others. People really like it. Microsoft bought it. They're redoing it as Microsoft to do. But if you look at what they're doing with Microsoft to do, it's all machine learning driven. 
which is what nobody okay. else does in the, to -do, in the to do world today. Like you, you don't really, you set priorities, but it may not put your P1s on top all the time. It may put a P3 up on top today because the machine learning algorithm is actually figuring out, oh, that you need to do this or you need to do that instead of the other thing. So right. maybe, that's a, maybe that's a pretty perceptive play there. Isn't that what um, Elephant Note, is that the name of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It Elephant does the same Note, thing, right? Yeah, it does the same thing. Yeah. Evernote. Like Evernote. Evernote, thank you. I saw Evernote. it called it Elephant Note. Yeah, that's, yeah that, that's the visual. That's the icon. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Rocks on your head there. <laughs> Dumbo there. stickies, something like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, Evernote really competes with OneNote, not with Todoist, right? They're slightly different categories. So right. that, but that's still, I still think that, you know, that may be pretty, they may be thinking that they can take machine learning, add it to what they have, combine some things and produce a, produce a product that has some real compelling value. And maybe they think they can do all that while leaving the current slate of GitHub stuff alone so that if you want to use GitHub as it's used today, fine, go ahead, you know? Right. And I definitely, with that sort of um, stitching everything together, of course, you don't have, you know, if you decide that you don't want to be, you know, .NET, um, .NET user interface stuff and you want to be far away from, you know, enterprise space, you can still get value out of GitHub and you can still talk to your old friends on LinkedIn, right? That they, they don't, yeah. doesn't force you into that. But uh, somebody might be making an argument for, God forbid synergies um, inside of their, their <laughs> product roadmap. <laughs> you say that but, like such a bad thing, Alistair. Well, well, it's been, it's been, it was sort of on vogue for a while, but then when we had the downturn, everybody sort of got rid of their synergistic things because they'd overbought <laughs> stuff before and they, you know, fired a whole bunch of things and laid people <laughs> off. So synergies was a dirty word. Maybe we're coming round the cycle and synergies is now a positive word again. So we'll see. Be desynergized. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. But, yeah. but, but we're entering an era where people are less concerned about synergies and, and optimization than they are about connectedness, right? We're more worried about connecting things than we are about driving out inefficiencies. And I think that's one of the things that we're seeing too, is that yeah. uh, everybody's building an ecosystem, right? They're, they're trying to connect, dots all over the place to give yep. them more data from more sources so they can know more things. Yeah, I think, I think that's, I think that falls right in line with what Alistair's saying. I think that's pretty, yep. I think that's, I think that's where things are going. Yeah. Just let's, let's avoid the circle. That, well, certainly, uh, certainly under those <laughs> circumstances, right. They would have just between <laughs> GitHub and LinkedIn, they have the ability to track people's deficit, uh, deficits per KLOC on other yeah. types of things, right? And start recommending people or not, right? Or, so they could certainly start evaluating coders. Yeah. yeah, or training, right? Oh, look at that. You, you, you've made 15 bugs this month in the area of building data structures. Let me recommend this course to you from LinkedIn yeah, Training. You, you know, you say that, but on the GitHub Marketplace, there is this thing you can buy as an add-on that looks at the messages and, and communication and helps you figure out if people are angry or, or helps you improve communication. <laughs> exactly. You're kidding. I, I kid you not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I Your see. developers are mad today. Bring donuts. 
And, <laughs> and I was thinking, man, I don't know if I really want to see. Yeah, yeah, Donald, you were angry last week. I don't know if I need that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this this helps those folks on the Asperger spectrum. <laughs> Excellent. So so we are getting close to the circle, right, Alistair? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you can pay for it too. And you can pay for it too. Even better. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, I think it was right. free for open source. But if you wanted to use it in an enterprise, it would cost you money. There you go. That, so we wow. think that's. That's the sort of, Yvonne, that's where you think the, the thinking is, right? As enterprise uh, code base. Well, and that's, that's really my world and where I live. So that's my frame of reference. But yeah, I absolutely think it's about how do we build something to keep people in our ecosystem and to use all the things that we have. Um, and, and, you know, they want to be kind of the center of gravity for everything the enterprise does. And I think yeah. it's the way to do well, it. I mean Come on, Cisco's been trying to do that for years, and Juniper tried to break into it for years, and Arista's been trying to break into it for years, being the center of gravity for enterprise. I mean, there's nothing evil about that. It's just the way business is run, right? It's, it's what you yep. try to do. You try to build the end-to-end -end synergy, to use Alistair's favorite word. <laughs> of today. <laughs> right. Well, and it's about more than just the technology, right? I mean, it's about, it's about building an environment where people want to be. Yeah. Um, because because enterprises are so rational in how they make their technology decisions, right? They always <laughs> buy the the right product, the best technical solution, right? I'm glad I got a laugh because I was certainly being facetious there. Rational synergies. <laughs> so does this possibly mean then that that uh, Oracle would be a target for Microsoft? Oh, there's an interesting question. Do you think Microsoft Just, has enough money to buy Oracle? Yeah. Yeah, I think they do. With the repatriation, they might. It's a pretty interesting concept. I think they do. Uh, I mean, I don't know if Larry has the diminished ego to, to tolerate that, but... <laughs> but the, he they, said I, it! <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the reason I was joshing on this topic is, of course, because of Java, right? So if you wanted to fix the enterprise software problem, you know, fixing Java in this confine would actually help a whole bunch of people for the next 10 years. So, um, uh, you know, I wasn't specifically thinking that databases I, or yachts were the, yeah, the no, desired I about, Yeah, I was thinking more about database backends and distributed cloud for database, which is not, I mean, not necessarily, I know Microsoft SQL is out there, but Oracle does, you know, apparently does a lot more. I don't know a lot about the database world, but, but then there's also Dyn in Oracle, right? So there's the entire DNS end of it. Yeah, but I don't think they would touch it for that. But well, that, I was just like joking about the, the Java legacy in the enterprise, right? There's oh, a, I see. Okay. There's a huge, <laughs> there's that huge, uh, and the choice of technology uh, always being the best, so. Um, right. Well, that's <laughs> assuming that you can actually fix a problem and not just move it somewhere else. <laughs> that's what we usually do. We just pick up a problem and move it. To another place. Exactly. Back up the money truck and pay somebody to move your problem, not fix it. Exactly. Take all this COBOL code and turn it into Java. So yeah. that it will be somebody else's problem in 50 years' time. So that's exactly right. All right. So cool. So I don't know. I mean, I don't have much more to say. Donald, anything else? I think we've hit the highlights. Okay. Yeah. Alistair? Yeah, I'm Yvonne, done. No? Okay. Yvonne, yeah, I'm good. 
Where can people find you other than in your car in a parking lot? <laughs> That's right. So, well, hopefully, very shortly, you won't be able to find me here. But if you want to find me online, I'm at Sharp Network um, on the blog at esharp.net or always at the Network Collective. And Alistair, any place anybody can find you other than in the dark room? He no, looks like LinkedIn. He looks LinkedIn's the best way. LinkedIn's the best way of getting to me. I hang, hang out with all the sort of, you know, layer nine overhead folks on LinkedIn. Because you're a suit. You just I, I'm a suit, exactly. <laughs> and Donald, how are, where, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at me, not you, Sharp. He just microblogs. Yeah, exactly. Is that what I'm doing? <laughs> We're gonna, 280 we're, characters at a time. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to pick on you, Donald, until you start a blog. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a long time. All right. And you can always find me at rule11.tech, and you can always find me at the Network Collective. Thanks, guys, for coming on on short notice. And uh, this has been an entertaining conversation about Microsoft and Git. So uh, we'll see you next time on the Network Collective.